you would take a Bible and turn to Genesis 34, this is something that we often see where parents make bad decisions and they end up their children paying for it. And, and of course, the parents pay too. But uh, here, if Jacob had only obeyed God, we wouldn't have chapter 34. I mean, we just go on to Bethel. I mean, uh, we wouldn't have gone off to Shechem. And so we see these things that occur here is because of what Jacob did. Now, that doesn't relieve Shechem and all that he did, but nonetheless, it would never happen if he hadn't been there. And in chapter 34, verse 1, Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hittite, and prince of the country, saw her, took her, and and lay with her, and defiled her, and his soul clave unto Dinah, and the daughter of Jacob. And he loved the damsel, and spake kindly unto the damsel. And Shechem spake unto his father, Hamor, saying, Get this damsel for to wife. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah and his daughter. Now his sons were with his cattle in the field, and Jacob held his peace until they were come. Most gracious Holy Father, we do come for thy throne of grace. We do thank thee for thy mercies and blessings and goodness in Christ Jesus. And we do think about the trials and tribulations that people go through and pray your mercies be upon each one according to their need. And Lord, you would bless us tonight that you'd open up our understanding and give us direction and guidance in the way we should go. We just thank thee for all thy blessings and Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> they had lived there for several years uh, from all indication before this incident happened. And their history, starting with Abraham, should have warned him about settling in among the heathens. Abraham done it twice, in Ambibelech and Pharaoh, and, <clears throat> and the consequences there. And then Isaac, uh, you know, he done the same thing in Ambiblic, and and uh, so they should have had a kind of inkling things could go wrong, but nonetheless, instead of going to Bethel, he went to Salem or to Shechem. Again, would they, <clears throat> any of the following have happened? Again, if Jacob had gone to Bethel, and the answer is no, this wouldn't have happened because he wouldn't have been there. Uh, he'd never met these people. They would have been People that, if they say, you know, Hamor, they say, oh, who's he? Uh, but now they was living in the country. They pitched their tent toward there. They bought land. They they was there permanently. They weren't there just intermediately. They was there permanently. And, uh, and let me say, God uh, will always have his way. And, and as part of the things, the consequences and that uh, problems here, as God used, if you will, to move Jacob where he should have been all along. Uh, but when you move in to with the wicked, then uh, wicked things can happen. <clears throat> How much uh, happened to God's children and uh, <clears throat> and theirs because they just out of the will of God? Uh, some people keep their children out. I know a couple in the church, and they was <clears throat> wanted me to come by and 
And he's talking about their children and all this, that, and the other. Well, when the children got up to some kind of age, you know, they's too busy in sports and they's too busy in this to go to church. And, of course, that was before we got there. And then when we was there, their children weren't going to church and they's living horrible lives. And and they was talking about, well, we've been Christians, you know, but some of the others had told me, said, now, this is what they're going to say, but, I, but they hadn't been in church until the last child had graduated from high school. And uh, and this is sometimes the consequences, especially for Christian parents, to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and, and uh, their home should be uh, bathed in love, and yes, be strict too. Uh, strictness without love will uh, <clears throat> kind of breed social past, but the strictness with love, if you will, should raise good children. Now, we know some will go the opposite direction. No matter what you do, there's going to be some that will follow along and others that don't. But you can almost see it in families, those that discipline their children, those that didn't discipline their children, those that brought them up in ammunition of the Lord, and those that didn't. And uh, uh, Diane, unescorted, went to see the women of the land, and this may been a customer of hers, or she was just uh, wandering out there that she didn't have an escort, and this is a wicked place, to, and, and they served the gods of lust. And uh, this tells you something about the country when this is their gods, is the god of the flesh, if you will, or lust. And, and whether Diane went out without asking or she just went out on her own, we, the Scriptures doesn't say, and, and I put in here, it was not dark, and some think you're safe in daylight, but a wicked, <clears throat> but the wicked don't watch the clock in a place of debauchery, because there's no penalty. What was Shishan's penalty for raping her? Zero. I mean, absolutely nothing. And, uh, and was this because she was the Hebrew? That we don't know, or... And but it, it appears that this kind of custom of the country, you know, that uh, that if you was in a certain class of people, you just do whatever you want to. And so his dad was the king, and he was the next one in line. And so he, they pretty well done whether they want to. As we go through the scripture, we notice that Shechem is a spoiled brat, and his father dotes on him, and gives him anything he wants. And uh, and what he wants, of course, is Dodge. He wants her, <clears throat> and uh, and so he kidnaps her. Kidnaps her, and uh, we in our first verses we don't see that, but we do see later on uh, that she was living in his house not by choice but by force. And so when they was bargaining this marriage agreement, that uh, they was keeping her prisoner in the house of Hamor, and. Uh, Sex without outside of marriage defiles as dirty, filthy, folly, immoral, unholy, and forbidden by God. And when it says they defiled her, we say, well, this is because of the type of thing is anything outside of marriage is, a, if you will, is defiles. It is, God doesn't sanction any of it. Uh, fornication is fornication is fornication. Some are worse than others, and in the sense of the consequences and things that happen, but sin is sin. And uh, how much more when it accompanies violence, as this case here, she wanted to marry, he wanted to marry her, and 
Uh, however, marriages had to be arranged by parents, even among them, those people. And so he tells Hamor, I gotta have her for my wife. I gotta have her. And so Hamor goes out to make a wedding agreement and in the land, and they uh, could take her, abuse her, and never marry her. But to marry her, they had to have the parents' consent. And we notice there's no apology whatsoever by Hamor. He never say, "My son done wrong. We shouldn't. He shouldn't have done that." There's absolutely nothing that we we just see Hamar coming like he would be going to a, a father of perspective, a daughter-in-law, and he was going to him to make the wedding arrangements uh, and uh, see what the dowry was and that type of thing. And Jacob was <clears throat> alone. His sons were not there. They was out tending the cattle. And so really Jacob just mute. He didn't say anything. And we know that Jacob tends to be a little, <clears throat> little um, afraid and scared a lot. And so he absolutely didn't say anything. Uh, this usually makes a mo- woman unfit for marriage, but uh, Shishem wanted to marry her. And somebody said he wants to do the right thing. If he wanted to do the right thing, he'd send her home and then gone through the arrangements, but <clears throat> he didn't do that. Outraged brothers propose false covenant. They're in uh, 34 and 6. We'll just read the first uh, 6 through 9 first. And Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out unto Jacob to commune with him. And the sons came out of the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved, and they were very wroth because he had wrought folly in Israel in lying with Jacob's daughter, which thing ought not to be done. And Hamor communed with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longeth for your daughter. I pray you, give her him to wife, and make ye marriage, marriages with us, and give your daughter unto us, and take our daughters unto you. Now here is mixed marriages. And, and this is their proposal. And... And uh, Hamor tries to open up the way to intermarriage between Jacob and his family. We'll see a little later. It's because he convinces others because of greed. <clears throat> the first use of the name Israel for na- a nation is verse 7. The Hivites, <clears throat> as with most Canaanites, had no restriction on intermarriage. That, to them, that wasn't that just a none thing. And mixed marriages always bring sorrow and compromise. Always does. I don't. I. I've just never seen a mixed marriage that didn't have sorrow with it. It doesn't mean that they don't end up with a fairly good marriage sometime. But there's always consequences to those things. <clears throat> if you, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I put that in there. I was thinking. I looked at it and I thought. I don't. I thought I took it out, but. I left it in, but when I was a kid, the, the ecumenical priest tried to fix me up with a Catholic girl, and uh, and I, I just I thought all the way home, why would he do that? Because if <clears throat> if one of the men, uh, Catholic boys, wanted to marry a Baptist girl, they'd throw a fit. They'd threaten with excommunication. They would, you know, have to sign over your life. You know, you'd bring up the children and all that, and so I just couldn't figure it out until later years, and men are not as dedicated 
as women. I mean, that's just a shameful thing to say, but usually the man will follow the woman. And if she's Catholic, down the road, he'll either become half Catholic or all Catholic, or he'll be nothing. I mean, that's just, and I've had it seen it in my family and, and, uh, and cousin and, and others and all the guys all around us. And when I finally understood that this is the way it is, uh, <clears throat> that, uh, that the men usually follow their wives, I, I thought to myself, well, I guess this was a good ecumenical move on their part, trying to fix up their uh, girls with bo- Baptist boys and, and, uh, and end up, if you will, either he'd be nothing or he'd be a Catholic. And so the light cannot be, have fellowship with darkness, so uh, the light must be quenched, the light about them. The rivers of living water has to be, uh, uh, flow is restricted, so it's hard to see, John seven thirty eight, The children are brought up confusion, conflict, mixed or no values, often hardened against Christ. And, and they often brings the whole family, not just the child that marries, outside the faith into conflicts with the things of the Word of God. Not, and I, I often brings, it almost always does bring. They often want to compromise the truth. They are open to interpretations that sanction such sin. <clears throat> and I've seen people change overnight because of what their children do, where they stood and had stood for years and then they compromise as soon as their children get in a situation that they ought not be in. And that doesn't change the Word of God. The Word of God is still the same. And yet, uh, and they, as if, it, if you will, as if it didn't matter what they did. And, of course, it matters exactly what we do. Verse 10, And ye shall dwell with us in the land that shall be before you, and dwell and trade ye therein, and get your possessions uh, therein. Now, the advantage of such, a, uh, of, uh, of such a arrangement is opportunity for increased riches. I mean, this is the bottom line. This is the way Hamor thinks. He don't think about godliness, holiness, or any of that. He thinks about greed. And he thinks everybody just like him. That they are greedy too, and if the and if the if you can make enough money off of it, well, uh, then the men will compromise anything, and so that's what his thinking is. Verse eleven, and she and Shechem said, Shechem said unto her father, unto her father and her brethren, Let me find grace in your eyes, and what you shall say unto me, I will give. Ask me never so much dowry and gift. And I will give according as ye have said unto me, but give me that damsel to wife. <clears throat> and the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father, deceitfully, and said, Because he hath defiled down her daughter sister. And so they want a covenant, and here he's proposed a covenant. They uh, he doesn't think anything's wrong with it. I mean, Hamor thinks when they agree to it that this is natural. This is the way people do. You, know, you, you can have more cattle. You can have more gold. You can have more servants. And so that's his ideal. <coughs> now, the, uh, <coughs> the uh, 
set a dowry, and he's and he's actually opening the dowry. Just how much you ever you say will pay, and um, you don't see this too often. And and uh, I, I think this is the only occasion in the scriptures where it leaves an open end. Sometimes it sounds like it's open end, and then they'll give a figure, <clears throat> and this is kind of say, well, now this is what we're going to pay. Or the the dowry is brought, and they look at it and think it's enough, like the servant of Isaac, I mean of Abraham. And so as we uh, see them, they they thought they was alike, and that wealth <coughs> forgives all. I mean, wealth forgives all, and here's the opportunity for them to make a killing uh, with a dowry. Verses 14, starting there, And they said unto him, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised, for that that were a reproach unto us. But in this will we consent unto you, if ye will be as, as we be, that every male of you be circumcised. Then shall we give our daughters unto you, and we shall take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, and... We will come uh, one people. But if you will not hearken unto the, us we'll be, to be circumcised, then will we take our daughter and we will be, on, be gone. And so they set the terms for the go, uh, covenant. Now, some people think it's all right to make deceitful <coughs> uh, deals and, and covenants or uh, uh, contracts. You know, if you're dealing with somebody wicked and, and, uh, and because they're so wicked that uh, you promise one thing and you do another. Let me say to you, that's, you can't find that in the Bible where God okays that. We're to be righteous people. And when we give our word for something, we should stand by. And if we make a covenant with somebody, if you do this, I'll do that. If they do that, then we should do this, whatever we promise to do. And... And, but the sons of Jacob, we know, is very deceitful in this uh, promise and this intermarriage, which is forbidden by God. I mean, from Abraham on, that they had to marry within the family. You know, they sent, had to send uh, to Haran uh, to get a wife for Isaac. And, and we remember the servant going so on and so forth. Jacob had to go there and... and and uh, to Laban, Laban and get his wife. And uh, so there had to be within the family. They agreed to the term set forth. They're in, uh, we'll read 18 and 19. And they, their words pleased Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. And the young man deferred not to do the thing, which because he had delight in Jacob's daughter, and he was more honorable than all the, <laughs> all the house of his father. And I thought, I think to myself, he was the most honorable person in Hamor's house. <clears throat> this man that raped and Jacob's daughter. And so that tells you what kind of people these are. <clears throat> and this is, a, this is a description by the scriptures. This is not description by them taking a poll. This is what the scripture says. He was more honorable a man that tells us much about the wickedness there. Uh, it could be because he wanted to marry uh, Dinah instead of take, uh, just taking her, but 
could have been he noted to keep in the word, which seemed to be the case. And uh, <clears throat> so he was more honorable. His dad would just took her. I mean, that's the idea here. And, and uh, but uh, Shechem or Shechem uh, <clears throat> agreed to it. And uh, 20... Twenty and Hamor and Shechem, his son, came unto the gate of the city and communed with the men of their city, saying, "These men are peaceable with us; therefore, let them dwell in the land and trade that therein. For the land, behold, it is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us for wives, and let us give them our daughters. Only herein will the men consent unto us for to dwell with us to be." One people, if every male among us be <coughs> circumcised as they are circumcised, shall <coughs> not their cattle and their substance and every beast of theirs be ours? <coughs> Only let us consent unto them, and they will dwell with us. And unto Hamor and to, and to Shechem his son, hearken all that went out of the gate of the city. Every male was circumcised, all that went out of the gate of the city. And so, again, greed is the, is the overriding reason uh, for them to be circumcised because he said, we'll be one people, you know, we intermarry, we get all their cattle and all their gold, their servants, you know. And, and so he tells them the same thing he told Jacob, only he's telling the men of the city uh, that this is what they'll be theirs and they'd be one people. And it is true, if they had intermarried, you would have been one or two generations and the identity would be gone altogether. And, and so they, in that, they, were, they spoke the truth. And they agreed to this and the intermarriage would accomplish this before long. Everything that was Jacob's would be theirs and, and the only one requirement that the males had to be circumcised as Jacob and his sons were. Uh, the men of the city were circumcised at the gate of the city. Now we come to the rage of Simeon and Levi and the massacre. And there in verse uh, 25, And it came to pass on the third day when they were sore, and, and the two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, down his brethren, took, her, took each man his sword and came and to the city boldly and slew all the males. And they slew Hamar and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword, and took Dinah out of the Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep and their oxen and their asses and that which was in the city and that which was in the field. And all their wealth and all their little ones their, and their wives took they captive and, and spoiled even all that was in the, in the house. And Jacob said unto Simeon and to Levi, Ye have troubled me, make me distinct among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Persianites. And I, being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I will be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, should he dealt with our sister as with a harlot? <clears throat> now we see this. This is the massacre, the family of Levi. 
of Leah include Levi and Simeon. And so they were the same household or the same mother. And it appears that only Simeon and Levi probably they're servants. And uh, I, I, usually I would, uh, because the scripture doesn't say servants, uh, but the task that they had to do in one day, and they'd have to kill a lot of people, just the two of them. But each one of them would have servants at their beck and command. And uh, so it made sense to me maybe it was they and their servants. Now the rest of the children of Jacob did not, as far as we know, kill anybody. Uh, what they did just went and spoiled the land. They took everything that they had there. And, and, uh, and of course, all the uh, women would become slaves and the children become slaves. And they would take all their goods into, um, and add to their wealth uh, that they had. Uh, Jacob was afraid of the Canaanites, Persianites, because uh, Jacob's defenders were few in Jacob's eyes. Uh, Jacob acted braver later, but for now he seems afraid of everything uh, and that comes uh, and counts little on God's deliverance and help and protection. And this is the way it is when you're backslidden. You don't trust God. You can't have faith in God because you're living a life of backslidden. You're just... You're just living a life on your own, what you think is best. And this is Jacob all the way through. He does what he thinks is best. He, he connives. He thinks, that well, I've got him on this and, and all these things, how, how he figures them out. And, of course, uh, God doesn't allow any of them to prosper. <clears throat> and so, uh, but this is the way it is when a child of God's backslidden is that they have no dependence on God. Then when they come into a trial or tribulation, where they need God's help for deliverance, uh, then they can't find it because they can't trust God. Uh, with faith, if you will, without faith it's sin. And we know that in Romans speaks of that. And, and so when we eat or drink, it's speaking of there. And, but we, without faith, and it's sin. And so anything that's not of faith is sin. And if you can't trust God to deliver you, if you can't trust God to uh, to console you, to strengthen you, or whatever the need might be at the time, then it's like praying to the air. I might as well just pray to the air or to the wood or anything because we have no faith, we have no confidence in God when we're backslidden and when we trust on our own wit. And uh, when we trust on God's wit, then we have a help in every need. And so uh, Jacob thought it was <coughs> was him and uh, his, uh, his against the world. Uh, at uh, what time does Jacob trust God? Abraham had many occasions, but Mount Moriah, he offered up Isaac. This, his, uh, his complete confidence in God is seen. Now, can you think of a time when you can say that about Jacob? He didn't have that time when we see solid faith in God. I mean, in his latter years, he's not as scared. And then he goes down to Egypt, and, and we see he's not as afraid down there. But he still doesn't have that time when you say, well, this shows his absolute faith in God. And as Abraham did in offering up his son Isaac. And, uh, of course, God never put anything over us above that which we can take. So, uh, first, and the Corinthians that promises that. And they said... 
should she be dealt with with our sister as with a harlot. Now we know this will call uh, when the blessings are given later on, Levi and Simeon, uh, they'll, it'll cost them. And uh, they don't have a place. Now Simeon got his uh, uh, within the borders of, of Judea because the border of Judea had too much space. And so Simeon, uh, the tribe of Simeon, settled within the tribe of Judah. But later on, it was hard to, if you will, pick out somebody and say, this is a tribe of Simeon. And uh, Levi, we know, he became the, the spokesman of God. And so they lived everywhere, but they didn't have any center other than Jerusalem, but only a few could live in Jerusalem. And that was their penalty or cost uh, for what they did and bring a reproach against God. Want, uh, they rebuked Jacob for his fear and uh, his absence of retribution for their sister. Uh, Jacob should have taken the blame for all that happened. And, uh, and of course, he didn't. He blamed his sons and the cost. And uh, would, have, would Jacob have made the covenant and kept it? And it seems like he would have. Because he's, when the sons went on the rampage, all he could think about was all these Persianites and Canaanites and all these different ones, Hivites and those out there, and these bigger, there's more of them than it was of Jacob, and that was his fear. In chapter 39, lesson 39, uh, Genesis 35 and 36, it, and, and we don't have the notes on it, so I'm just going to give you a preview. Bethel and beyond, uh, Jacob either forgets his oath, though God remind him of, of when he told him to leave Laman and Mesopotamia and go into the land of promise. God allowed the uh, circumstances of life to move him to finally go to Bethel. They put off some things and get cleaned up, go to the house of God, as we'll see in in similar things through the Old Testament in Exodus 19 and 20, uh, of preparing to meet God. Uh, Bethel, birth of Benjamin, death of Rachel, and the dukes of of Edom, that's in chapter 36, the latter of the dukes are, and of course the birth of Benjamin and his death is, uh, of course, in 35. Rachel dies giving birth to Benjamin, and he's buried at Ethroth, later Bethlehem of Judah, and Reuben's fornication, which cost him his birthright, as as the oldest son, followed in uh, Genesis 36, and the dukes of Edom. Now some don't see that he lost anything, Reuben, but he didn't receive a double portion. Joseph got the double portion. He, Ephraim and Manasseh, they inherited as if they were sons of Jacob. And, and Reuben, which would have been his birthright to get a double portion, he didn't get a double portion. And so there, is, there was a consequence to what he did, uh, and uh, getting ready to go to the house of God. We'll not start in that, but uh, we notice in this, well, I'll just read that, And God said unto Jacob, Rise, go to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God, 
appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother, and Jacob said unto household, to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods and that are among you, and be clean and change your garments. And, and we see this throughout the Old Testament when they're going to the house of God. They clean up and put on clean garments to go to the house of God. And this was the uh, uh, first time I think we've seen it. I may be wrong. Sometimes I say it's the first time, but just the first one I remember is when they received the, uh, not the first time, this is the first time, but I mean the second time that was, uh, I guess, elaborate <clears throat> was when they received the law at Mount Sinai. And there you couldn't even touch the mountain. If you touched the mountain, you'd die. But they all had to get cleaned up. All had to put on clean garments and everything before uh, God gave them the law from on high. And so uh, these are the main two. I believe this is the first one. And then uh, in, <clears throat> in uh, Exodus, it just shows a more severe uh, ready, getting ready to receive the word of God. It is to be, though, something that is that we would respect. And when I was growing up, they always say, wore your best to church and you, you know, cleaned up and all this, that, and the other to go to the house of God because we're going to meet God there. And uh, But in our time, that's not truly what people believe. They don't, they don't think you need to, and some acts like it's a reproach to do any of those things, and yet it gives honor to God. It's like the old saying is, if you're going to see the governor, what would you do wear? If he's going to see the mayor or other officials or even see somebody that was a movie star or something, what would we do? And, and should we not do more uh, for our Lord and Savior? It doesn't mean go out and buy a bunch of clothes and so on and so forth, but it just means that we use what God, what we have, and honor God with them. 